So I wanted to talk about the steps that a person can take to move from one level of nafs to the next, because I felt that that was something that we left out, that if I'm a nafs al-lamara and I want to make it to nafs al-lawama, how can I do that? If I feel that I'm a nafs al-lawama and I want to move to nafs al-mutmina, how do I do that? And again, for some of our listeners who may be joining in who were not here last week, nafs al-amara refers to that nafs which is all overpowering and commanding us to do sin, such that we have just become a slave of our nafs and a slave of our desires. And we give in to that nafs without feeling any remorse or any regret. And because of that, we have become desensitized to our sin. And then the second type of nafs is nafs al-lawama, which is that person who is basically 50-50, or you can say that their nafs has become 50% Muslim. That their nafs doesn't always bring them to sin, but when the nafs does take them to sin, this person feels bad, and this person feels guilty. Basically, this person is sensitive now to the sin, to the effect of that sin, and they feel regret and remorse over having committed that sin, and deep down they desire to leave that sin. And the third type, and the difference between the first two, uh, to use maybe another example, when I didn't use last week, is, you know, two people sin at night. One of them goes to sleep peacefully. I mean, apparently, goes to sleep, meaning without feeling any sadness or regret or shame. That is a person who has nafsul amara. And another person does the exact same sin, but when they sleep, they feel bad. And they start crying to themselves under the covers. And deep inside, that fact that they fell back into that sin is eating away at their heart. And they keep wishing that they could never go back into that sin. And they feel disgusted and upset with themselves that they go back into that sin. So that will be a person who has nafs al-lawama. And the third type of nafs that we discussed last week was nafs al-mutmainna. And that is, now I'll define it a little bit differently for tonight, and that is that nafs in which a person is sin-free. That is that nafs that is completely obedient to the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. That is that nafs that is happy with the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. That is that nafs whose desires are the same desires that Allah Ta'ala desires for all of us. So I wanted to have, after having mentioned these three last week, today talk about how we can make them move from one to the other so that we can have some good practical steps on how to improve ourselves in this way. So, again, as I summarized before the ad break, there are these three type of nafs. What we were not able to mention last week is how does a person move from one type of nafs to the other. So we all hope that in the month of Ramadan, at the very least, we were able to make a move or shift or transition from having a nafs al-amara to having a nafs al In other words, from having, being a person who is completely given to their desires, helplessly given to their nafs, into a person who now at least feels the sensitivity and the moral outrage of committing sin. This journey from nafsul amara to nafsul lawama is done by increasing our ibadat, by becoming firm on our faraiz and our wajibat, by increasing in our recitation of Qur'an, etc. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa does for us in this month of Ramadan. And you know, and again, many times many of us think that, you know, Ramadan is over, now we can relax. But actually, the way I look at it 
is that Ramadan was a one-month vacation. And now we have to fight an 11-month battle. And we're only going to get a vacation from this battle again when it comes to Ramadan. Because in Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala made everything easy. That He had chained up all of the shayateen, had closed all of the gates and doors of Jahannam, had Himself put in a system in which we were daily disciplining our nafs by staying away from food and drink, etc., from Fajr to Maghrib, by sending so many mercies of His every night and every day. So Ramadan is like a vacation. You see, when you go on vacation, everything is done for you. Just like that in Ramadan, Allah SWT took care of all of the spirituality for us. Now, after the vacation has ended, we have to fight that battle. And the battle is with our nafs. And we remember from last week that this is what we had suggested, that the biggest thing that keeps us from taqwa is our nafs. And that is really where the battle must lie. We must focus that battle on our nafs. So the first step is to make sure to become extremely firm with ourselves and insistent that we are going to fulfill all of the obligatory duties, the fara'is and the wajibat. And the more that a person spends time in ibadat and the masjid as we did in Ramadan, the fars fasting, the fars prayers, praying in jamaat if we were men, etc., all of that basically restored some of our spiritual health and the more healthy we are, the more aware you become of sickness. And the more healthy we are, the more aware we became of sin. Now the question is, how does a person move from Nasr Lawama onward? Because we all want to complete the journey. We all want to reach that state of Nasr Mutmainna, which Allah Subhanahu wa says in Quran, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutmainna, irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam marziya. That Allah Subhanahu wa has so much love for that nafs, that he is beckoning to that nafs, he is calling that person, return to your Rabb, come back to Allah subhanahu you are so pleased with him, and therefore he is so pleased with you. How do we make that leap? That can only be done through two things, zikr and sunnah. The more and more a person does zikr, nafl ibadat, and the more and more a person follows the sunnah, they will be able to make that leap from nafs al-lawama to nafs al-mutmainna. In other words, and it's a, it's a bold statement I'm going to make tonight on the air, but that is that you cannot reach the nafs al-mutmainna just by doing the faraiz and wajibat. And that is why by making ourselves mu'mineen and muslimin and muslims who are concerned about our tazkiyah, it means by very definition that we have to go beyond just the basics of Islam. We have to go beyond the requirements of Islam. Because you see, if you're doing just the faraiz and wajibat, to use an example that I use with university students, it means that you're just getting a D. You're just saving yourself from failure. You're fulfilling the bare minimum requirements. Now, no professor is going to love a D student in order to get even closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if we want to define nafs mutmanna tonight as the following, that that nafs which is no longer doing sin, that person who is sin-free, then the only way to do that, and this is very important what I'm going to say, is that none of us have the ability ourselves to leave 100% sin. 
no matter how strong we may think our iman is, no matter how strong Muslims we may think we are, on the basis of our own strength and effort, ability, mujahid, struggle, exertion, we can at best leave 70%, 80%, 90%, etc. of sin. It's not possible for us in our own capacity to leave 100% sin. So therefore the question arises, well, how are we going to leave the 100% sin? That is that we have to make ourselves in such a way that Allah Ta'ala decides that I don't want this person to sin. We have to attract the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We have to attract the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. When that happens, Allah takes us out of sin. In other words, there's only so much that we can do. And this is what we discussed last week as well, when we did the second part of that verse, that ayah of Nusra'l-Mara, which ends, إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ الرَّبِّ That the only one who is preserved from the nafs, leading into sin, is that person upon whom Allah's mercy descends. So it's not our effort, our ability. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy that is going to take us out. So what can we do to attract the mercy and love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a strong way that Allah ta'ala then decides for us that I want myself to take that person out of sin? That is by doing zikr and sunnah. The more and more we follow the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam, and the more and more zikr we do, then we will become more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more beloved we become to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the more He will want not to see us in sin. And then He will decide to take us out of sin. And that is how we will make the journey. And so this is the role of tasawwuf and tazkiyah in bringing a person to that nafsul al-tmanna. Following the sunnah, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said clearly in the Quran, يُحْبِبْكُمُ Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love that person who follows sunnah. And part of that love, you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love in some, will not give His love to us in some non-beneficial way. His love for us will be manifested amongst many other things, will be manifested in Him taking us out of those sins that we're unable to leave. His love will be manifested to us by Him making us content and happy on the deen. His love will be manifested on us by taking out all of the false desires and wishes that we have in our nafs. So that is what we forget when we follow the sunnah. When we follow and we make zikr, Allah subhanahu wa said in the Quran, فَذْكُرُونِ أَذْكُرُكُمْ Remember me and I will remember you. So the more and more zikr we make of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will remember us more. When Allah Ta'ala remembers us, it's difficult to do sin. That is also another way He takes us out of sin. So that is the role of zikr and sunnah in bringing a person to the end of this journey from Nafsul Lawama to Nafsul Mutmainna. Now what happens is, is that a person who is on Nafsul Lawama is basically an unhappy person. In other words, that if we have been able to, the person on Nafsul Amara is happy, the person on Nafsul Lawama is unhappy, and the person on Nafsul Mutmainna is happy. Now why do I say that? The person who has a Nafsul Amara, again, that is a person who doesn't feel any guilt when they sin. So they're happy because they don't feel any sadness over their sin. So when they do the sin, they sleep peacefully. When they do the sin in the daylight, they walk around happily. If they miss a prayer, they don't feel any remorse. Or they miss anything in the day and they don't feel bad in any way. So they will seem happy to you and at one level they are happy. 
But they have a happiness that is born out of ignorance, a happiness that is based on fulfilling false desires. So they have what we call a majazi happiness. They have a fake, false, delusional happiness. But they're happy. That person who has succeeded to do, make themselves firm on the fraiz and wajibat, <coughs> who is following the deen of Islam, then that person feels the sensitivity of sin, and they have the nafsulawama. The person who is on nafsulawama is essentially unhappy. The reason they're unhappy is because they're still doing some sin, and doing that sin makes them unhappy because they feel the sting and the pain of that sin. So inside they're carrying a sorrow in them. And this is the greatest sorrow of the moment. And this is actually a sorrow to be celebrated if we can use this sadness and sorrow to move to the nafsu mutmina. And this is what Allah SWT is talking about. La taqnatu min rahmatillahi fa innahu al-arhamar rahimin. He's addressing the nafsu mutmina. He's addressing that person who wants to leave sin. And many times we'll find this, that a person says from the bottom of their heart, I want to leave it. And they're true. They're sincere. They really, really, really want to leave it. But they're not able to do it. They're not able to leave it. And so that's what Allah Taala is addressing. And, and because they're not able to leave it, and they still fall into it, and it hurts them, inside they have a sorrow that they can't tell anyone. This is not a sorrow and a sadness that they can put on their tongue. This is not a sorrow and a sadness they can share with anyone except perhaps their sheikh. And this is the deepest sorrow and sadness that a mu'min has, that I'm still not a person of taqwa. I'm still sinning. I still misuse my eyes. I still sleep through fajr, etc., etc. Now, how can we rid ourselves of the sadness and the sorrow how can we get that mercy of Allah SWT that He says that we shouldn't despair? That is by going another step and saying, Okay, Allah SWT, it's not just enough for me <clears throat> that I'm doing the faraiz and wajibat. <clears throat> it's not just enough for me that I want it. I'm going to start doing extra things. I'm going to start doing more zikr. I'm going to start following the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. I'll even follow the non-obligatory sunnahs. And I want my, to make myself so much more beloved to you. Now then when Allah SWT love comes on that person, so he says that, look, this person of mine has brought the beloved appearance of the sunnah. I don't want somebody with the appearance of my beloved to do sin. Okay, I'll take him out of the sin. Or look, this person has sincere love for me. Now that they have love for me, I'll take out from their heart the love that they had for Khairullah. Allah Taala will take us out of that sin. As Allah SWT keeps taking us out, as we keep increasing in our zikr and sunnah, we eventually make it to nafsul mutmainna. Now the nafsul mutmainna is a person who is much more than happy. It's what in Arabic we call salah, it's what we call surur. The best way to use this, the word I can think of this in English is bliss. So if, if, you know, if we think in the English language, happiness and bliss are two totally separate things. Bliss is an altogether higher state. It's a totally different state altogether. That is the type of happiness that the person at Nafsul Mutmana has. Real, true, genuine bliss. As opposed to the person who was on Nafsul Amara who had a delusional happiness. And the person who is in the middle in Nafsul Lawama, they may have certain small happinesses in their life, but they're carrying a great sorrow inside of them. 
that they fail to be loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they're disloyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times because they fall into sin. And the only way that we can take out that sadness is by doing zikr and sunnah such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see us happy. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts happiness into our heart, then all of the world cannot make that person's heart sad. And that's how you'll find that that is who are the awliya. Allah inna awliya Allahi la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yasunun. It means simple translation that verily the awliya of Allah, the dear beloved friends of Allah, are such people that no type of sadness can come over them. Because why? Because they have the happiness and bliss from Allah Ta'ala in their heart. So the whole world can be against them. The whole world can slander them. The whole world can do anything. But they still won't be sad because they have a happiness and bliss that is coming to their heart from Allah. As opposed to that person who has nafsul lawama, who has this sorrow and sadness in their heart, that sadness cannot be removed by anything. Even the whole world gets together to make that person's heart happy. It won't be able to remove, permanently remove, the sadness that they have in their heart at their inability to leave sin. So if by the grace and fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have been able to leave that delusional state of being in the nafsul amara, and we have in the month of Ramadan come to the state of having nafsul lawama, then we will actually start to feel this sadness and sorrow in our hearts. Many of us feel that initially, immediately, even within the first 10 days of Shawwal, because the nafs was there, and the nafs made us go back to sin. And we feel so sad about that inside. That what just happened to me? I just spent Ramadan. I just witnessed Laylul Tukadr. And within 10 days, I've gone back to my own self. Within even, you know, if we'd had this program earlier, maybe we could have said in five days I've gone back to my own self. In a few days, I've gone back to my own self. So we feel the sting, we feel that pain, we feel that sorrow. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing is saying, look, in the month of Ramadan, I gave you a spiritual vacation, you got all that for free. Now you're going to have to work for it. Now you're going to have to battle your nafs. Now you're going to have to leave sin. Now you're going to have to make effort to follow the sunnah of the Prophet more. Now you're going to have to try and make more and more zikr and ibadat and worship and remembrance of me. And then I will become so attracted to you and I will love you that I will take you out of your sin. Then Allah subhanahu wa brings us to nafsul mutmainna. So these are the different steps that we can take to make this journey. The, more, the first steps are again the faraiz and wajibat, and then the next steps are increasing in our following the sunnah of the Prophet and doing nafsul ibadat and particularly zikr. And the last step is done by Allah subhanahu wa himself, that sending his mercy, his rahmah, his fuzzle and karam, his grace and generosity, he takes us out. And it's amazing, you know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, basically what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is don't ever give up on Allah. And this is the biggest thing that we should always try to save ourselves from. No matter how sad we feel, when we have that nafsul lawama, this is the test. The person of Nasrul Amar, this doesn't even affect them. The person of Nasrul Amar sometimes feels so bad about themselves that sometimes we give up. So always remember that whenever we give up, we're actually giving up on Allah. And we should never do that because Allah's Ta'ala never ever gives up on us. I'll give you an example of how a person can give up. Let's say it's at night and some person does a sin at night. 
if they go to sleep that night without even the intention of waking up for Fajr, they go to sleep not setting the alarm, no desire to wake up for Fajr, no dua, Allah Ta'ala wake me up at Fajr. They completely intend to sleep through Fajr. Then what does that mean? That means they gave up on Allah. They gave up. But it's so amazing that Allah Ta'ala is so merciful that when that person gets up at 9, 10, 11 a.m., Allah Ta'ala doesn't give up on him or her, and he still lets her show up for Zohar. Allah Akbar. Allah Ta'ala is so kareem. He is al-kareem. He is as-satar. He is the most generous, the most concealer of our faults, the hider of our sins. He is the most merciful one. And that is something that should keep us going. That, Ya Allah, you never gave up on me. You never give up on me. So that I will also never give up on you. And I will keep trying, keep trying, keep waiting, keep being hopeful that inshallah one day I also can make myself attract your love and mercy so that you can take me out of my sins and you can put the happiness, the surur, the falah, the bliss in my heart and bring me to nafsa mutmainna.